0: of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. So as part of our special series here on Growing Greater that's taken a closer look at the energy sector in the greater Philadelphia region, we're really privileged and excited to have with us the founder and CEO of a company headquartered in Haddonfield, New Jersey, called Blue Sky Power. It's Ben Parvey. Ben, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. So, Ben, tell us a little bit about Blue Sky Power. How do you describe your organization to the average observer? Sure. Blue Sky Power is a clean energy
1: project developer and system owner and operator. We develop solar cogeneration efficiency projects, solar and battery storage, and microgrids, predominantly for large commercial and industrial users, Colleges, universities, hospitals, and senior living. So folks that use a lot of power a lot of the time. And so with that, we're able to implement clean energy infrastructure projects to bolster energy infrastructure, make it more resilient, but also more sustainable, help people save money and also build a greener planet.
0: It's hard to argue with that. Saving money. <laughs> That's what we think. Greener planet. Right. Yeah. So how long has the team been assembled?
1: We've been in business over 10 years. We uh, were founded in October of 2008. We like to say forged in the fires of the Great Recession. right? But just about that time, too, people were implementing a lot of the new uh, sustainable and clean energy incentives, and states and the federal government were encouraging these
0: types of projects. And we really started to take off after 2009. That's great. So take us back to, I'm not sure, 2006, 2007. I mean, it's not every day that you and a couple colleagues sit around the table and say, hey, let's start an energy company. So how did that happen around your kitchen table?
1: Well, I don't know if it was as much around the kitchen table as the bar down the street. My buddy from law school and I went to uh, have a drink and discuss what we were going to do if we weren't practicing law. And he was an environmental engineer and land use attorney, and I did public finance law. Okay. And when we realized that we could combine that expertise into developing clean energy projects, I was chairing our county environmental commission, had a lot of interest in the subject. And in 2005, the federal government passed the Energy Independence and Security Act, which had in it the renewable energy investment tax credit for solar, fuel cells, and other renewables, as well as combined heat and power. So we developed our business model at Wharton Strategic Business Planning Classes at the Small Business Development Center, worked on our business plan you know, from 2007 into 2008, and by the summer of 08, we were ready, thought we had a good plan, and pulled the trigger.
0: That 2005 milestone at yeah. the federal level, mm-hmm. if that hadn't happened, do you think you'd be advancing the way you are today at Blue Sky?
1: It certainly was an impetus for the industry and for our country, and it, it's interesting on timing that 2005 ended up you know, happening, and then three years later, the Great Recession happened in 2009, the Recovery and Reinvestment Act. Mm-hmm. So we really had a interweaving of circumstances, so those tax credits were already in place when the recession hit, and so it was a natural, as real estate and other construction and other industries were tanking, that we would start building – solar, and other energy infrastructure. So I think we may have been at the same point in terms of developing energy infrastructure, but we wouldn't have done as many projects as quickly
0: as we have. Gotcha. So there is a coming together of different kind of uh, assets, I guess, that yeah. had to be present in order for you guys to really excel.
1: A confluence of factors you right. know, that
0: all happened and were
1: not intentional, but interwoven and, and really led to us skyrocketing from 2009 on.
0: So I know you've referenced this, Ben, but share with us a little bit more of that business model and the case that you and your team were making for why this technology that your team at Blue Sky Power was looking to introduce would be really beneficial for a company or even for a municipality. So we've
1: done a lot of municipal and school work. In fact, most of the solar work we've done has been at school districts and municipalities. Not to say we haven't done plenty of commercial and industrial, but the business case is pretty straightforward. People want to improve their energy infrastructure. A lot of times they have failing energy or, you know, meaning failing switch gear. They need new utility connections. They need to upgrade, you know, their equipment, meaning heating, cooling, HVAC, boilers, chillers. So we take a holistic approach and go in there and look at all of the possible energy infrastructure they can upgrade. And we'll also fund it. So the business case for them is reduced operating expenses, the avoidance of having to spend a lot of capital on new energy infrastructure, and having budgetary certainty for the long term on both capital and operating expenses.
0: So folks, that's Ben Parvey. He's a CEO and one of the co-founders of Blue Sky Power, which is headquartered right here in greater Philadelphia, frankly, in Haddonfield, New Jersey. And Ben, one of the things that I'm most intrigued by is, how companies kind of get their traction. So was there a milestone moment back in 08 or maybe it was even before 08, what I would call your first client? Yeah, our first client was actually a great client.
1: Central Regional School District in Ocean County, New Jersey. And a big shout out to Superintendent Tommy Parlampanides or Dr. P as we call him. He was a real trailblazer in solar and wanted to do a large scale solar project. And we did one and a half megawatts for him And it was one of the first large-scale solar projects done for a school district in New Jersey. And he started, he hired us to do a feasibility study as one of our first clients. You know, they paid us a nominal amount to look at the possibility of doing it, and then we ran it and implemented it. And he's been producing solar for, you know, almost 10 years now and saving a ton of money.
0: At the time, was Dr. P considered to be a real visionary or was he considered to be a little bit off? No, he was considered to be a visionary. I mean, his board was
1: a little skeptical at first, yeah. but we showed them the business case. We actually locked up a a really wonderful renewable energy credit incentive for them with JCP&L, their utility. Yeah. Which provided a lot of the cash flow for the project. We bid out the project, got them a great price on it, and they locked up their energy price at a very low rate for 15 years. He was considered a trailblazer in that first group of clients we had between, you know, the fall of 08 into 2011 12
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're still trailblazers i mean now it seems commonplace because there's been so much solar done right but even 6 years ago there still were not a lot of larger scale projects so each of those clients that made that decision are one of our best clients gloucester township the mayor dave Mayer, we did for him one of the largest municipally sponsored shared services agreement between the municipality and two school districts mm. and the regional high school for six megawatts across 11 facilities. Right. Still today, a massive solar project, but also he really was a trailblazer then, and that was back in 2011 that we went out to bid for them initially, and, I mean, that project's saving them almost $5 million over a 15-year period of taxpayer money for the school districts and the municipality.
0: Then they can use that to invest in other educational initiatives within the school district. That's really great. That actually, that number helps people to appreciate the power, no pun intended, of this kind of technology.
1: Well, and that's why we say we want people to love their energy. Right. You know, if
0: they love their energy, they love their power, it has a double meaning. So I want to talk about ripple effect, because sure. those early risk takers, Dr. P. Mayor, mayor. Mayor, mayor, right, in Gloucester. They were the early risk takers. Has that had a ripple effect to encourage other leaders, whether they're in a you know a municipal type of environment or in a corporate type of environment or another educational type of environment to say, hey, if they can do it.
1: I think it has. I think at this point where renewables are mainstream, we're not talking about new technology. Certainly efficiencies improve. Even those projects that were done ten years ago, still not new technology. Right. We were in a meeting recently and one of the you know older architects said after the oil crisis in the late 70s, he said people were putting up solar and solar thermal and their solar on the space station and was on the shuttles and combined heat and power or cogeneration or even microgrids. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily newer. Now, the control systems, the efficiencies have improved. The data operating systems have allowed us to do tons more than we could ever do. Mm-hmm. And that's what's exciting. Right. Is we are at a point in time where you can do... A microgrid of solar, battery storage, cogeneration, you can operate in parallel with the grid, you can be islanded in the grid in the event of a grid failure, and it is a tremendously exciting time to help people have resilient energy infrastructure so they're never without power, and they can also do it economically, where we can save the money on their energy So now is the time for people to love their energy.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the microgrid, because a couple times you were referencing solar, and I know that's a big part of what your work is at Blue Sky, but how does that solar work work? factor into the microgrid? Because it's not just solar that's feeding a microgrid. So for those of us who aren't as close, share with us what a microgrid is. So
1: microgrid is an amorphous concept. I mean, you and I could come up with 10 different definitions and we could ask 10 different people in the industry and they would come up with a different concept of what a microgrid is. So generally though, a distributed generation system, meaning a energy generating device or devices that are interlinked and generally supply more than one load so meaning go to more than one user or meter Mm -hmm. so in that microgrid solar is great but the sun doesn't shine on a a rainy philadelphia day like today there's not a lot of sun shining there's not a lot of solar being produced yeah sun shines during the day not at night so you don't have that load you can't operate without the grid But also, with battery storage, which is really becoming cost-effective and technology is advancing tremendously, is you can store that solar for use at night. When you combine that with a combined heat and power system that's powered by either natural gas or biogas, you then have two different generating sources, and you're also generating thermal energy for heat and cooling, and you have battery storage, you're able to be completely off the grid and produce your own heating, cooling, and electricity as well as operate in parallel with the grid. Gotcha. Once you can do that, though, not only are you creating energy that you can use anytime on site, so you're reliable and you're resilient, but you can also have the most cost-effective energy. So you're producing and utilizing energy when it's the most expensive for the grid at peak times. Mm -hmm. We've had those grid outages Mm -hmm. when the grid gets constrained and the power that's being produced on the grid can't get everywhere enough. They ask people to reduce their demand. Yeah you can then get off of the grid, you can store that power for use when it's the cheapest, and then you can use the grid at night. Once everyone's come home, once the lights are all off, you can use the power from the grid at a lower price than you would have otherwise. So microgrid opens up all kinds of possibilities for on-site usage, but it also can balance the larger grid and help the utilities save money too. Help those who aren't even relying on the microgrid. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, it leads to grid stabilization. There's trillions of dollars that
0: is needed to upgrade our national grid. So, folks, that's Ben Parvey. He's co-founder of Blue Sky Power. He leads the team there right here in greater Philadelphia. And, Ben, you've been talking about microgrids and how the energy sources that are feeding these microgrids, they may be wind, they may be hydroelectric facilities, they may be solar, they may be this thing called combined heat and power systems, CHPs. That are all fueling a microgrid and being stored, the energy is being stored in a battery-type system and is tapped into when needed, right? So my question in all this is, the work that you and your team are doing at Blue Sky, it's complementing the traditional energy companies that we have. You're not looking to necessarily replace them. Is that fair?
1: That's totally fair. We work very closely with existing utilities. We can operate independently of the existing utilities as well as in concert with existing utilities. And a lot of them have the need and requirement by the states and the the regional grids to reduce electric demand. So they need to and want to work with companies like ours who can help their customers reduce their electric demand and relieve some constraints on the grid.
0: So they really, they like
1: you. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly don't dislike you. That's true. And we work very closely. I mean, Pico and Mm PSE&G and Atlantic City Electric and Pepco. Yeah, the greater Exelon companies yep. have all been wonderful to work with. They have great incentive programs. We help their customers who become our customers as well and work very closely with them.
0: Yeah, because like you, those larger utility companies like Exelon, they're also focused on clean energy. How do we provide energy access that's reliable, affordable, but it's also clean? And share with us how this whole notion of a microgrid is really that path to a much more focused and clean energy sector.
1: I take it even a step further beyond just a more focused clean energy sector. Mm -hmm. That's certainly going to happen. But in sort of dovetailing on your prior question about the utilities, there's a very dramatic evolution and revolution going on in energy and energy infrastructure, meaning the regional and national grids are very old and need to be upgraded. Utilities are investing in transmission, meaning getting electricity from a power plant to somewhere far away where it's needed. Mm -hmm. But the infrastructure investment is really substantial. So the clean energy sector is growing, but at the same hand, the utilities need to invest in the existing infrastructure. So it's complementary, and there's going to be a dramatic evolution to more distributed generation, more microgrids. And people needing to work together for complementary as well as divergent technologies, people are going to be producing a lot more of their own power. And utilities are going to have to adapt to that as well as make the grid compatible to be able to receive it and modernize it. You're going to be able to look at your how much energy you're using on your smartphone at any given time. Mm-hmm. You're going to know how much energy a massive facility is using and how to control that and what you're getting from the grid and what you're producing on site. And to be able to control that digitally... Right now, the grid is operated by manual switches. Right, I mean, it's archaic. It's from the industrial revolution. So it's all going to have to work together and be complementary, and there's some marvelous innovations happening right now in that technology that's going to help all that come about.
0: Yeah, and as people become more educated, more sophisticated, more empowered to understand and appreciate these nuances, to your point, they're going to be making decisions that allow their homes their businesses to be run in a much more efficient way and a much more affordable way and in a way that is through a clean energy kind of lens, if you will. So Ben, my question is related to what I would call your typical customer, I guess. And maybe there's no such thing as a typical customer, but A person who leads facilities for a large university system, and they're looking to expand their campus, they may be building some additional buildings, maybe they're looking to enhance the efficiency of their operations, what kind of guidance would you give somebody in that position when it comes to energy?
1: i got great guidance for them. Come talk to me, we'll take care of it. We're in the middle of, uh, I I know you can't see below the counter, but i got dirty boots on right now that I was wearing, given the rain. And uh, last week I was in Starkville, Mississippi at Mississippi State University. They're building a new campus with our partners at Gray Star Collegiate Housing, and they're building a new south campus with a couple new dorms, over 600 beds, retail, restaurant, amphitheater, clubhouse, great student facilities. And we had proposed to them before they started construction doing a microgrid. I was there, you know, in the tons of mud that they have on the challenging job site right now given the weather this winter Mm -hmm. and they were there delivering the microgrid generator the cogeneration unit so we're going to be doing combined cooling heating and power in a microgrid with a centralized heating and cooling loop as well as clean power to power that whole new portion of their campus so you know my advice to them is don't be afraid to look at alternatives that you haven't considered before strictly connecting to your utility and having them come plug in some new service at a higher rate may not be the best solution.
0: And let Blue Sky, at the very least, show you the possibilities. Yeah. See what options are out there.
1: Yeah, because not just us, but there are a lot of folks out there who have interesting solutions now. We have certain expertise in project development and finance that we're very proud of, Mm -hmm. and I think that made the difference in getting that project done, and the university and our partners at Graystar were very comfortable with that. And so there are just tremendous opportunities in in solar cogeneration and microgrids that universities, hospitals, senior living, commercial and industrial facilities, campuses should consider.
0: Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to get really granular with this question, but the hardware part of this and the example you just gave about a university installing a new kind of system, is Blue Sky actually in the hardware business or are you guys really providing some of the financing, some of the consultancy, if you will, and the guidance of how to do this? And you have partners who the university can either contract with directly or they go through you and those partners are actually providing what I would call the hardware.
1: So on that particular project, our partners at Martin Energy Group, which is a great you know American-owned and operated generator manufacturer company, they build the hardware in Missouri and ship it to the site. Now, Blue Sky Power took care of procuring that equipment, specifying the proper equipment, designing it. Mm-hmm. It's got the big Blue Sky Power seal on it, and yep. we have it delivered there, oversee the operation of it. But we don't directly manufacture the equipment. And in different projects, we use different types of equipment. Sure.
0: Every project's a little bit different, I suspect. Yeah,
1: but we do lead the implementation. We do have two primary lines of business. One is project development, finance, and ownership. We own and operate these clean energy infrastructure assets. But we also have advisory and consultancy where we help school districts, municipalities, real estate portfolios, commercial industrial operators come up with a sustainability and energy master plan plan help them implement their projects that they may want to fund and not have us fund.
0: As you and the team at Blue Sky have been expanding over the past ten years or so, yeah. how far is your reach gone? Because you just referenced a project in Missouri. Have you gone across the country, up into North America, South America? Yeah. So only domestic.
1: You know, I think we are aware of the I don't know about aware of the limitation, but we just we focus on domestic. That's what we know. Mm-hmm. People have brought us projects in, in Africa and Asia and South America, and we've looked at those. I just – I don't know those markets well enough to right. be able to make them work. Here, I understand the state analysis. So we've helped do some projects in California and in, in other places. I actually just today received a new project at the University of Hawaii that we'll be looking at mm-hmm. for a possibility of implementing solar and storage project. Mm-hmm our focus is east in the mississippi predominantly though do a ton in the mid-atlantic and northeast and and southeast as well and ohio michigan
0: yeah wisconsin i ask in part because you're headquartered founded and operate out of southern new jersey right here in the greater philadelphia region do you feel as though blue sky has an advantage being in this neighborhood I mean, is it a benefit would you be as successful if you were somewhere else i suspect is the question
1: I know we thought about whether we open other offices and what the market is like here. I'll say with New Jersey being a national leader in solar and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania being a global leader in natural gas, this really is a, we talked about confluence of factors earlier relating to start of a lot of clean energy in the late 2000s. But this region is really, forgive the pun, is an absolute powerhouse Mm. in energy. I mean, we are working really hard with Philadelphia Chamber of Commerce and the Greater Philadelphia Energy Action Team, or GP, Mm -hmm. to advance this region as a global energy leader. And it is. There are just an amazing amount of resources in energy, energy infrastructure, knowledge, financing capacity being two and a half hours from D.C., hour and a half from New York basically on capital for projects as well as on policy, we are really in an outstanding location for for clean energy. And I do think that being in this region has substantially helped us and helped our position because they're just more capability of doing projects because it's densely populated. The location helps in terms of travel to regional areas. But honestly, just the network of energy and energy infrastructure throughout the region makes it possible to contribute to our growth and for us to contribute to the regional growth.
0: I'm really glad you mentioned that, the Chamber and Greater Philadelphia Energy Action Team. We at Select Greater Philadelphia, also part of our Chamber, our focus is on business attraction. How do we get a company from outside the 11-county neighborhood of Greater Philadelphia to come here and establish operations? And one of the assets we often talk about, frankly, is an asset that we all take for granted because there's usually never a problem with it, and that's our energy infrastructure. Affordable, affordable, accessible, reliable. And unless you experience something else somewhere else in the world, you don't realize how good it is here.
1: Yeah, so I guess there are a few questions we've already talked about that tie into this as well. Yeah, I, I wanna to get to attraction in a minute, but particularly in the Commonwealth, there is abundant, cheaper power. The you know tremendous amount of energy resources that are available here is a great reason for businesses to move here. I mean, the cost of living, is low compared to other Northeastern and mid Atlantic cities. There's plenty of housing supply. There are wonderful resources for business, but there's abundant cheap power. If there's abundant cheap power, you can be incredibly productive and do more things with a workforce economy and a technology driven economy. Right. You know, given the need for data and technology, you need a lot of power for that. And we have a lot of abundant cheaper power here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Yep. As far as attraction of businesses, this really is a, an energy center. It's a global energy center, and there's really good reason to come here.
0: So, folks, that's Ben Parvey. He's a co-founder and leads the team at Blue Sky Power. Ben, when you're talking with folks about the benefits of the work that you and your team are doing, how do you describe that audience or audiences who have the most to gain from, not just an on-site power generation system and a microgrid system but from having options go beyond the traditional resources of energy
1: so obviously you know the management and uh, management of any company institution you mm-hmm. know hospital college university big commercial industrial the management you know the finance folks like seeing budgetary stability on energy they like seeing a straightforward plan that makes economic sense for upgrading energy infrastructure that is in dire need of upgrading. Mm-hmm. So certainly the finance folks within an organization like to see it. The facilities teams obviously love to see it because they need a lot of energy infrastructure and they're, they work on band-aiding systems all the time and no one pays attention to all their needs to, to keep these facilities running and all the demands that are placed on them. Right. So we're there in large part to help them realize their vision for their facilities. Yep. The boards and chief executives, they have a vision for growing their organizations, and we're able to do that because we can accommodate that growth and coordinate with their long term capital plans. Right. Because they need that energy infrastructure to grow. But really it's the constituencies. You know, I mean the most important end result is that students at our school districts and our colleges and universities, mm-hmm. they see clean energy on their facility And they see a cleaner, better future driven by technology and good solutions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the real driver is the residents. I mean, the residents at our senior living facilities, you would be amazed that people in their 80s and 90s, over 100, come out to a launch event or a ribbon cutting Mm -hmm. at a new solar cogeneration plant at their facilities. And they can see on a kiosk in their lobby the greenhouse gas reductions, and they get really excited about it. And they bring right. their families, and they bring their grandkids and show them that they're in a, a clean, green facility. Right. And they tell them about it. Right. Picture after picture of these events of sort of miraculous things happening with the residents or the the students and commercial and industrial facilities. We're working on a presentation right now for a facility that we have on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we love our customers and we, we love our energy. And uh, a big part of that is improving the health and safety of the people that work at this global manufacturer. Right. You know, we're reducing their carbon emissions by almost 30%. Right. I mean, to me, that's exciting. Yeah. To go in there and say, you know, not only are we creating, you know, things you need, meaning new bolstered energy infrastructure that you have to do and replace and modify and upgrade anyway. But we're also drastically reducing your carbon emissions to create
0: a healthier
1: and safer working environment.
0: You know what I love about what you and the team at Blue Sky are doing? And I know this is going to sound a little bit obvious, but when you step back and think about it, you're actually doing it. A lot of people talk about clean energy. They talk about sustainable (laughs) energy sources. There's a lot of talk out there about this subject. Yeah, but very rarely do you actually see somebody stepping up and making it happen and bringing it to life the way that – Someone who's living in a retirement community and appreciates the work you're doing. A school student who's going to elementary school in the local township, maybe right down the street from that retirement community that's being fueled by a microgrid with renewable energy sources. You're bringing it to life in a way that others have just basically talked about. You're walking the walk and talking the talk.
1: Yeah. I mean, we love it. We're passionate about it. Like I yeah. said, I was chairing our county environmental commission in 06. By '07, we we're working on our business plan. In 08, we pulled the trigger. Yeah, We've been doing it for 10 years and, and haven't looked back. And, you know, we've done almost a couple hundred million dollars worth of clean energy infrastructure projects at this point. Yeah, I couldn't be any more proud of what our team has accomplished. And really, it's our partnerships that are so important with the facilities we serve, With the manufacturers, contractors, engineers, and and financial partners we work with, there's just a great network of folks that walk the walk and and talk the talk. And we appreciate them. We love working with them. And and really, it's incredibly gratifying to be able to drive by and and show my kids a a facility that we've done, knowing how much we're saving them on on their energy costs, on their capital costs, and that that we've really helped make it a a greener facility, but also uh, contributing to making a healthier planet as well
0: collaborations, relationships, those partnerships, they're really key to driving that success. Ben, I want to ask this question, and I'm shifting gears a little bit on you, and it's one of my favorite areas to talk about, and this one may not be that stellar or that kind of unique, but... Tell me about the name Blue Sky Power. How hard was it to come up with that name? Was it, you know, this moment you had sitting around that kitchen table or that corner bar where you guys were mapping out the business plan? Or, or what's, the, what's the story behind Blue Sky?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. Not a lot of people ask that. And it's got multiple meanings. First of all, I'm a dorky recovering public finance attorney. Yeah. So I used to represent states, counties, municipalities, and hospitals on bond and finance transactions. And when you serve as underwriters counsel, you have to draft what's called Blue Sky Memorandum. Yeah. Which are a multi-state review of the different state securities laws. So as we were coming up with our name, we came up with different names. Originally, we were just going to do fuel cell projects, and we come up with the name Hydrogenesis. Right. Right. You know, turning blue to green. And we had had a couple other names that we came up with and and there seemed to be a lot of, you know, solar type names, solar G type things that all seemed kind of weird. So, I thought the blue sky power had this idea of from my prior life transparency and clarity in the financing and the laws and the regulations that surround it, meaning we can show our clients expertise, transparency in in finance structuring in their projects. But also, obviously, blue skies. I mean, for resiliency, they now refer to microgrids and being able to be resilient as blue sky days. Mm-hmm. You know, we can keep you operational every single day, even in a storm, like it's a blue sky day. Right. So it's great because there's even added industry meaning. Sure. As well as blue sky powers, also my initials, BSP, on oh. Scott Parvey. So it's got some personal meaning. It keeps me going as well that I'm personally vested in making sure this thing is successful as well.
0: Was that just a coincidence, the BSP? Sure. Yeah happy (laughs) quits. That's great. That's great. Where do you see blue sky power in the next three years, five years, 10 years? Wow.
1: It's a really good question because we just one month ago from yesterday finished our long-term strategic planning. So let's start forward. Let's go forward 21 years. Okay. Let's go to 2040. And so we came up with the blue sky 2040 goal. And our goal is to be the largest distributed energy infrastructure company in America by 2040. Certainly a lofty goal. Yep. It keeps us going every day. We're going to continue to work hard. We're going to keep doing these projects. We're going to start working with other companies to achieve that goal and hopefully acquiring some other companies to achieve that growth. So on the shorter goal, then walking that back three years from now, I, I see us continue to substantially grow our footprint, primarily east of the Mississippi and doing a lot more work in, in the Midwest and in the South Southeast. But I also see us continuing to do what we've done, and that is Taking a real leadership role in integration of clean energy, walking that walk you were talking, mm-hmm. but also expanding our team to serve our customers even better so that they do truly love their energy. I don't think that most people, when you ask them if they love their energy. Mm-hmm. You know, and they think, oh, okay, you know, I get an electric bill, I get a gas bill. I don't really know that I love my energy, but sure, why not? You know, I, they keep the lights on. Yeah. We are passionate about customer service. We love our customers. We love these projects. Since it's almost Valentine's Day, we're letting our customers know that. We have a love your energy. We love our customers card going out. And we hope to turn energy into something people hadn't thought of as outstanding customer experience. hmm so to achieve that long-term goal of being the largest distributed energy infrastructure company in America, it starts with our customers right. and it starts with our partners. And I think that that's what's been lacking in providing energy is this concept of outstanding customer service, of truly delivering to people an outstanding customer experience in having clean and sustainable energy, but also loving and being able to control that energy.
0: It's something I often refer to, which is we take our reliable, affordable energy kind of system for granted, especially here in the greater Philadelphia region. So I love that you guys are kind of really bringing this to life and causing people to think about their relationship with energy in a different way. And the whole approach of do you love your energy really brings that to life. And it's it's a really cool approach. Thinking about the sector. You can change one thing. It can be about blue sky, but I'm really thinking more about the energy space. Sure. What is that one thing that you would suggest? If we could just get this one part right, we could tweak this, it would really move the needle.
1: I mean, I could think a little bit more about it, but my initial reaction as you were asking the question is mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. The duration of these projects, and I don't mean in construction. I mean in the development, sales, and approvals, processes, that phase takes so long that it's really dramatic. And it's tough for a lot of people to walk the walk and talk the talk and implement these projects. I've seen tons of great companies come and go and come and go since I've been doing this for 10 years, which Mm -hmm. isn't even all that long. Right, A lot of people you know, want to be doing solar, want to be doing distributed generation or microgrids or combined heat and power, and I just see them come and go and come and go. Right. Because these projects take so long to get done from interconnection approvals to the sales and development cycle. Financing is not easy to do, although we have tons of of great capital sources and it's become far more competitive and there's far more money to be invested now than there used to be but it's time. We're working on perfecting that and making it a shorter time frame to implement these projects and to make it easier for our customers.
0: Has it gotten better since you started that decision-making process? It's moved the needle a little bit? Nominally. Yeah. Okay. So, I want to shift gears again on you, Ben. Folks, by the way, we're speaking with Ben Parvey. He's co-founder and leads a company called uh, Blue Sky Power. I want to hear a little bit about Ben Parvey, and I hope you don't mind me actually putting uh, a timeline around this, but take us back to, I'm going to estimate, 1989. You were a senior in high school. Did you ever think you are going to be leading a energy company that's focused on kind of renewable energy sources and microgrids. No, and I'm going to I'm going to be really honest. This is something I tell
1: people sometimes but not a lot and that is in 2007 when we started working on our business plan, I didn't know what a kilowatt hour was, which is the measurement of of electricity. Right. And uh it's funny because now that's all we deal with is yeah. is kilowatt hours and therms, etc. And so, you know, it's a steep learning curve. So, heading back to uh 1989. Although, wait, I was a senior in high school in 1993. You want to go to 93 or you want to go to 89? (laughs) Wherever you want. All right. Uh, 1993, senior year in high school. I did not think I would be leading a clean energy company. I thought I would probably be gearing up for the presidential campaign in 2020. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd be running for president at that point. President I guess I Yeah, yep. yeah. I thought that's what I'd be doing Very back cool. in 93. But, yeah. but instead, I'm running my little clean energy company and and completely happy doing that and spending time with my kids.
0: And having a lot more fun, I would think.
1: We have a lot of fun. Yeah. In so, fact, that's one of our core values. Our core values of, of Blue Sky Power are excellence, integrity,
0: and fun. And we have a lot of fun. That's great. That's important, too. And that's another thing that people often take for granted. In that spirit, what do you share with an entrepreneur, a young person? Maybe they're still in high school. Maybe they're getting ready to go to college. Maybe college isn't for them, and they're trying to figure out what's next, because more and more we hear that that traditional path isn't for everybody. And we know that, but we still seem to push young people into that path unless they have a, a more specific uh, kind of advisor or role model in their life that's helping them in a different direction. But my real question is, how do you guide young people today who are thinking about doing their own thing or starting a new career, maybe becoming a lawyer? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, actually,
1: I shouldn't say that because I love doing what I did. And if I hadn't received the excellent mentors and, and instruction that I did, if I didn't learn how to do complex project and public finance deals from the partners at Saul Ewing, I I wouldn't be sitting here today. That's right.
0: You you could say that that was a path to where you are today.
1: Yeah. I'm incredibly grateful for the mentors and the teachers I've had along the way, and I wouldn't be sitting here today and wouldn't have started this company without it. But on the non-traditional path, I'm incredibly supportive of people doing what they love and pursuing it with reckless abandon. I said we have fun. It's because we love doing what we do. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're miserable... You don't really have any capacity to succeed and achieve. You might be making more money, right. but, but you'd be miserable. Right. And I'm not sure that there's a point in that. So encouraging young people to pursue a path, even non-traditional path, I think is important. I did love being an attorney. I loved the education I received. I loved working on, for the same reason I love you know driving by and showing my kids the clean energy projects we've done. Right. I liked being a public finance attorney because we used to structure the financings and work on the projects to build stadiums and airports and new schools where you could tangibly go see something that you've worked on. And so, you know, I was never the type of lawyer where people sue people. I had zero interest in being a litigator or doing anything like that. So, you know, people should pursue what they love. Right. On that, though, having the hard work and the education to get that knowledge is very important. You don't have to pursue a traditional path to do that. Right. It doesn't have to be standard school, standard high school. You know, you can still get into college or law school or pursue an MBA or go learn through experience and apprenticeships, doing something you enjoy without just going traditional path. So people really should pursue, particularly young people, those things that allow them to grow and expand. And I think confining yourself or confining children strictly in a classroom and telling them to sit still and that that's the way you learn, I do think that I agree with a lot of people that are pursuing alternative means for education and alternative paths for success, because I think the traditional path isn't necessarily a path toward success or happiness.
0: Ben Parvey, Blue Sky Power. Thanks for your active engagement in our Chamber's Greater Philadelphia Energy Action Team. And thanks for joining us right here on Growing Greater.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me. This was a real pleasure doing it. I appreciate the time to be able to open
0: up and talk about what we've done. Absolutely. It's been great. Great. Thank you. Our Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast is brought to us by many of our investors and partners, including Stradley Ronan. They're a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia, and their more than 200 attorneys represent private and public companies in everything from sophisticated corporate transactions to complex litigation. You can learn more at stradley.com. And by Independence Blue Cross, a leading health insurance company offering health plans from Managed Care, Medicare, and Medicaid, and they have over 10,000 dedicated employees right here in Greater Philadelphia. You can learn more about Independence Blue Cross at ibx.com. Check out all of our podcasts and be sure to tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m., Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia.